Craft Beer Radio, episode 189 on August 29th, 2011. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, uh, where we're doing some very interesting beers tonight. I'm Greg Weiss. Jeff Bear here. Happy birthday, Greg. Thank you very much. It's a couple uh, days late, but I had a busy weekend with Max's birthday party and, and cleaning for Max's birthday party and... I don't know. Yesterday was just more housework. Well, understand. I, I've now reached the, the 35 uh, margin, you know, so I'm no longer in the 18 or 34. Oh, you're not in the key demographic yeah. anymore. No one cares what you think anymore. Ha <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting for this for years. I knew it was coming, but them's the, you know, them's the breaks. <laughs> That's what happens when you... When you get to live. So okay. all of you listeners don't have to care what Greg has to say anymore. This is, we're starting with, uh, we're having a couple of cuvées uh, tonight, which I looked up today mm-hmm. and found out that a cuvée, when it applies to beer, means that it's a blended beer. I thought it meant it was a barrel beer, but uh, Greg corrected me. So this is the Southampton Cuvée de Fleurs, and this is ale brewed with, ale brewed, <laughs> not brewed, but brewed with flowers and rose water. So it has, well, it's not really telling me, oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. Okay. I've had this bottle around for a while. Aromatic and medicinal flowers such as lavender, chamomile, calendula, rose hips, and hops. Nice. So the actually it says Best Buy, June 19th, 2014. So we got... Still Hasn't time. been too up, but I've had this beer for at least two years, I think. So it's kind of, kind of, sort of similar in description to the Saver Flowers. Right. But it doesn't smell like the Saver Flowers at all. No. And you made the comment about um, Rosewater Candies going rancid and worried about Rosewater being aged and stuff like that. Um, so this, you know, think about that when you're drinking this, because like I said, this is at least two years old mm-hmm. and has rose, not distilled rose water, but rose water nonetheless. Right. But I, I think that the rancidity problem is really an oxygen problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And it usually is. <laughs> That's kind of what yeah. rancid implies. Yeah. And this was, ca- this was Cajun cork, so it's unlikely to have a lot of oxygen going in. There we go. It smells... Well, I mean, it's silly for me to say it smells floral, but it does. <laughs> yeah, it has a bit of... I mean, as a base, it smells somewhat like a wit beer or something like that, right? Um, not, not so much the wheat, but the spicing, the coriander, the, the yes, orange peel, yes. those kind of things coming out of that. Or, you know, That's the ballpark we started in here. I'm not getting uh, what we got with Saver Flowers, which was kind of a real big uh, potpourri, rosy flavor or an, an aroma right off the mm-hmm. bat. This is, it's more like you like Jeff said, more in in, in the wheat spiced wheat category in terms mm-hmm. of aroma. Okay. Trying to pick out the individual flowers, which is hard to do when you're not really a flower guy. <laughs> <laughs> it smells good though. I mean. Yeah, I'm not going to try to pick off flowers either. Maybe some kind of chrysanthemum, because we've had a couple of chrysanthemum beers and things like that, and it, it seems similar, but maybe... 
I like the aroma a lot. Little. Hmm. I don't know. So the color is a. Um, it's a very light copper. It's very clear. It's a uh, light copper would be kind of golden, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. I golden would almost be a little bit darker than this. I think. Okay. It's tough to say. It's a lot more flowery in the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, the rose water is much stronger, I think, here than it was in Saber Flowers. And a little bracing. The The flavor is, and I think the lavender is contributing to this too, is, is a bit medicinal. Okay. Oh yeah, the lavender, now that you say that, I can taste it. It's There's a lot of carbonation in this thing too. It's really zingy. And I'm wondering if that, it, it, it's... It's almost like exploding in my mouth. It's almost too much carbonation for me. But I'm worried about working it out of the beer because it might not scrub the flour off your tongue. And it might yeah. just be a kind of flat floral mess if you're working the carbonation out. Now, I like high carbonation beer, so I don't I don't mind it that much. But there is a distinct flavor, you know, that's um, somewhat similar to hand soap. Well, it's a lot of the same flowers they actually right. use in hand soap. Yeah, this kind of it's getting more potpourri the more you drink it. It's yeah. just it's intense. Um, this might be something you need to cut with. So, you know, I think chocolates would go good with this. I think uh, that's good. Um, yet, go with a chocolate cake even, so you have some mm-hmm. of the bready qualities too. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, either some, you know, some just some good good chocolates, chocolate cake um, would help kind of, the fat would kind of help mute some of these um, yeah. floral notes, and I think it would be a good compliment. I think a, um, what also might work is... Very gassy. I had to degas myself <laughs> off mic. What also might work is if we had like a... Uh, a vinaigrette salad, you know, mm-hmm. with with a strong vinaigrette and also some like piece of goat cheese or something there. So it had sure. the contrast of of the, the sour and the fattiness to help scrub some of the flavors. And then this would be pretty refreshing with that. I think we were talking about making ice cream and like using the Flanders or something with the hop- yeah. We talked about the hopped ice cream and we're talking about using the Flanders with the ice cream. And there was something that I was thinking that, oh, I'll save our flowers. I should have saved the leftovers. Instead of drinking it, I should have cooked with it or something. But maybe with this, I'll like make some ice cream or something. Yeah, it, you know, it, with the fat, it might work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that you need that mm-hmm. to, to soften the blow. So you might even, this might even work with, <laughs> like tofu just something you know some mm-hmm. even even just a, a bland protein just like that to kind of okay to, yeah. to soak it up yeah because like right now it's just sitting on my tongue and it's actually you no know, i said wit beer to start but the more i drink it the more i'm thinking it, it tastes like a like a belton golden strong or something you know something like a, a maudit or something like that right? it has more of that 
type character. The sweeter, it's definitely a sweeter beer than it first seemed. Maybe it's because sweetness is growing on my palate. This is part of um, Southampton's 750 series, 750 milliliter bottles. And uh, I'm looking for, they don't have on their website an alcohol by volume, but they do have it on the bottle, 8.2. So it it it's I can feel the alcohol already. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those ones that gets to you pretty quick. And some of the as I'm drinking it, my tongue is calming down from the the blast of of strange of which of, you know strange flavors, especially considering the pre-show beer we had, mm-hmm. which was more you know, hop bomb, yeah. This is a sipper. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very complex and interesting, but if you're going to get one of these, be sure to have a bottle stopper or something in there, <laughs> or drink it with eight people because yeah. there's you know there's still half the bottle left, at least. And I'm I'm not even Jeff poured a good a good bit. In, in both I of did. our glasses. I was a little rambunctious. I, was, I finished mine, but yeah, Greg's, Greg's struggling. I think I'm going to have to find the dump a bucket. Bouquet? No, no, I'll get it. Okay. Then we'll just chit-chat, though. Yes, it is chit-chat. Yes. This is awesome chit-chat, by the way. <laughs> Jeff, going, what's your <laughs> chit-chat what's about? What's your chit-chat about? I'm trying to think, what, what beery things have I done lately? Um, I, I brewed with... Um, one of uh, Scout Masters from Boy Scouts emailed me, and he, he grows hops, and he hasn't brewed in like two years, and he wanted to do an all-grain batch. So like, it was a last-minute thing. You want to come up and, and brew, and so we came. It was, I, I screwed up the recipe formulation. We were just trying to do a, a, a standard, you know, harvest ale with wet hops that he had just picked, and I thought I had some specialty grains, and it was just going to be a pretty base malt with pil- I was like, I, you know I had a bunch of pilsner malt so it was going to be a pilsner base for a pale ale which seems to be doable do a long boil and then I put in the special grains which I thought was like a really light crystal I thought it was like a crystal 20 or something like that and then I'm looking at the bag after I had all you know about ready to put the sparge water on and I'm like oh that was my leftover pale malt so there's like no specialty grains I'm like that that's just too risky doing a form- recipe formulation on your own the first time uh-huh. And not having any big, you know, caramel malt flavors there. Like, you can do it if you make the perfect beer. But I had no hopes that I was making the perfect beer. So we actually had to turn off the burner and run to the homebrew store and get some crystal malt <coughs> and come back. So it was it was a bit of an adventure. And the day took a, a bit longer than we had anticipated. Still rusty on the brew system. Got to do a couple more batches and get back in the swing of things. Yeah, it, it, it's a practice makes perfect type thing, yeah. right? And yep. uh, you, you mentioned the, the the tweet friend of yours who mm-hmm. started and really jumped in with both feet. But he's like brewing every two weeks, right? So, so it's it's yeah, you get into the thick of things and you start getting better. It's that old ten thousand hour rule thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, not brewing for a year, over well over a year, like a year and a half. Um, definitely makes you forget how to do things. It would be nice to have a dump bucket for the um, dump water. Dump water, yeah. 
All right, we're back. We got a rinse water dump bucket. We got some good beers. Let's move on. I want to do this one and and the one that's in the fridge last, right? So we can compare the two. Right. Well, let sure. Let's right. do that. Okay, we're going to split up our cuvées with a uh, special birthday beer, would you say? Just a beer. There's no label on it. I mean... Who knows? Just a beer. Who knows what it is? I, uh, I won this beer at a raffle at the last homebrew club meeting. And uh, so the beer has had a questionable handling. And uh, as we know, this beer can be very good. Some might say the best beer in the world. And then sometimes it can be not so good. I don't think I've ever had it not so good. But we've heard of situations where it's been not so good. This is West Letter and 12, the uh, world famous. Still, uh, uh, actually, it looks like it's tied for number one on Beer Advocate right now. With, uh, oh, that smells good. It's quadruple from uh, West Letter and... Trappist Brewery, mm-hmm. and it's tied with Plenty the Younger. Really? This one has almost twice as many reviews, so it gets the number one spot. Yeah. It's always been, to me, a, a landmark beer, simply because it. I, there's nothing wrong with the beer. There's... N- and we, you know, we've said this before hundreds of times, probably, oh, by now. But <laughs> it smells good. There's, this is a beer where there are no flaws. At all, yeah. When it's when it's good, when we've had it, we we what we said before was when you take the sip, you may not say, "Oh my God, it's the world's best beer," but if you look at how the rating sites work, if everyone says this beer is really good mm-hmm. or this beer is pretty good to really good, it's going to float to the top because other beers people aren't. Not everyone's going to be in a unanimous consensus that it's a real good beer, and that's how it becomes the best beer in the world, right? So you may or may not think it all on its own, but it's generally a good experience. So it's a dark brown sort of root beerish kind of color, thin wispy head, smells of uh, of dates and um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't smell so Belgian. Cinnamon. To me. It smells very barley wine or old ale. You know, it's just a big yeah. dark fruits, cherries, um, dates, cinnamon toast. Mm. <laughs> it smells really good. Brown sugar. Mm-hmm. It's a lot lighter on the carbonation than the cuvee. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty locally carbonated compared to the cuvee. It, it, it has a thin body, thinner body than you'd expect, but it still has a lot going on in the flavor. It just kind of... It's more fleeting than I thought. I was expecting this big, chewy mouth. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's been a couple of years since we've had this beer. Probably like four years since we've had this beer. And and we just had a beer that maximized mouthful, mm-hmm. mouthfeel almost by default yeah. because of all the stuff it had in it. So it's having to compete with, with that. When I first opened it, I thought... Remember, I smelled, flight is important. When I took my first sniff, I thought I smelled a little vinegariness, a little, um, like a Flanders red, like a little acidicness. But I'm not smelling it anymore. And it's not really, I'm not really I think that's it. just sort of the the dark fruitiness coming okay. through. Yeah. 
it, it is oxidized. I'm getting on big, big cherries in the flavor, mm. you know, and not not the dark, luscious, delicious cherries. Kind of like the cherry cardboardy cherries. So yeah, this is an old beer that has been well handled. Like I was warned. Right. Still pretty good drinker though, but it, it's not in the best shape mm-hmm. that West Lettering has ever been. We've had better ones. We kind of knew that. Like I said, we knew that going. In. Yeah, when we interviewed Dan Shelton. He kind of poo-pooed West Fluttering because their quality controls all over the board. Sometimes they're awesome, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not. you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's not a Shelton brand. I mean, it's not anyone's brand. They don't import yeah. to the United States. So, I was looking online. You can buy them for 20 to $40 online. On the black market. Yeah. It, it, any Anything's a black market unless you get it in Belgium, basically. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody trades it to you and then it's legal. Yeah, there's there's two legal places to buy this beer. As far as I know, it's at the brewery when they're open. You can buy it by the case, and there's a cafe nearby, maybe across the street. Right. Um, friend of mine's went to the brewery. Um, Scott Smith from East End Brewing and mm-hmm. Keith Cost. They went on a trip to Belgium together, and uh, I guess it's 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 a fair trip outside of Brussels. Uh, they rented bikes and rode, and it's a long bike ride to to the brewery. And then you got a did they get cases or something? No, or? They, I don't think they got cases. I think I don't know what they ended up if they brought anything home or not. I'm not sure, but they went to the brewery and 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 yeah, her was a long bike ride. So if you're planning mm. on going to Brussels and um, bike ride to West Flutter and make sure you're ready for, I think it's like a. 20 mile ride or something like that oh I just got amazing kind of <laughs> awesome just you know molassesy brown sugar there's there's still notes of genius in here yeah. even when it's not the best beer you know not the best shape beer there's it, still pretty good stuff in here it's wow that that is so <laughs> Greg just so said wow well for a beer that is practically spoiled <laughs> that'll give you an, that's why it's so high you can spoil this beer and it'll still knock your socks off by just mm, man because you're thinking to yourself not only thinking to yourself wow that taste is good but you're also kind of thinking to yourself wow imagine what this is like fresh mm-hmm. yeah I mean it, it's good you can get pa- you can get past the oxidation pretty easy around this beer some beers it's kind of this ragged cardboard edge that mm. you, it just makes you feel gross you can get by it so it's not a horrible oxidation but it is keeping this beer from being world well yeah it's keeping it from being world class it's just very good not amazing yeah I this you know with the oxidation that's here with the you know cardboardy cherry I bet you could come close to duplicating something like this at home if you if you really tried hard yeah yeah I mean it yeah I mean yeah if you were focused on it you could come up with something like this I mean it, it, there's nothing there's nothing uh, holy you like that pun nothing holy about uh, this beer uh, it you know it just seems like you know there's a you'd have to find the right dark Belgian candy sugar or mm-hmm. the right right mix of, of um, darker gray darker uh, caramel malts or something to, to really nail it but um, but I'm thinking that with the with the amount of new malts that are available now, you could probably find some way to, to get close to this. 
Yeah. When I was... Uh, Just think brown sugar and dates. When I was pulling up some uh, websites for the show here, which I didn't... There's a wiki page for Westful Letter, which I should have read before we started talking so I could have shared Sorry, some interesting knowledge. But what I did find was one of the Google suggestions was Westful Letter and 12 Clone. So if you want to brew it, go go to that link and see mm-hmm. what it says. Look at that pretty bottle. This one came in a cardboard box. Wow. No light striking on this one. This is the Southern Tier Brewing Company in Lakewood, New York. Big uh, big fan of the brewery. Their IPA is one of my favorite IPAs. It's right up there with, like, Sierra Nevada Corpedo. And, and uh, Chocolate, I mean. Oh, and their, yeah, their Chocolate beer. They add Belgian chocolate to it. It um, tastes like a cold, beery hot cocoa. It's so delicious. <laughs> This is a um, Cuvée Series 1. It's 11% alcohol by volume. It's a light copper in color, slight malt flavor with mild bitterness and dry finish with a subtle hop aroma. French oak impressions. Uh, coconut, almond, biscotti, toasted almonds. Okay. But they did, uh, this box was made for three series, Series 1, Series 2, Series 3. I um, had this beer for quite a while. Um, remember when we did that beer safari beer exchange? This was the beer that we sent to uh, Phil at uh, My Life as a Foodie. Oh. When he was still doing, I guess, Dude Night. I think he was still doing Dude Night Out. He was doing this Godfather... He's a big movie fan, so he was doing this Godfather shtick when he did the review for this. And, and um, he told me afterwards, he's like, Oh my god, the beer was so good, I almost broke character. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's going to be interesting to live up to then. It's <laughs> beer. Uh, I can't do a good Godfather. Yeah. I'm not a good impressionist. So. Yeah. But he said, oh, he's like, I almost <laughs> had to break character. <laughs> yeah, so this is a barrel-aged beer with French oak. And it's a cuvee, so it's blended. And it's it's a big beer, eleven percent. So let's put the stopper on this thing. We got these stoppers. We got a couple from uh, JD and DC, and I found a couple at the uh, church rummage sale. Uh, we were talking about beer caps and things like that before. We should share a little bit. Uh, we would normally take them out my homebrew capper and put a cap on the twenty-two ounce bombers or the twelve ounce bottles. If we could, and the, and the uh, Cajun cork ones. I had some plastic champagne corks in cages that I bought way back for Allison's beer, which never sealed quite right, so I never used them. Um, but we got a couple of these, um, what are these called? And that's Zylus. Just this, yeah, Zylus, Zylus is, is the, the company. But there's these little company. wine cork things, and they have this little lever, and it makes one of the rubber gaskets spread out. They seal inside a beer bottle really well. Um, and... They work as good. You're not wasting beer caps. They're easier to seal than a beer cap. Right. And I and you can you know the great thing about it is you can open it up, pour a little bit of bit, close yeah. it up again. Yeah. So what we've been doing is for these big bottles is as soon as we pour our initial sample, we put these Xylus corkers on them and cap them up. So we kind of because we're going to take some of these home. We're not going to drink all this beer tonight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, these work great. Um, some people talk about using the vinators with the vacuum pump. Yes. Well, I'm vacuum always... pump would not work some people for beer. Give, some people give it positive reviews that it actually really? works, but I'm still skeptical. Putting a vacuum low pressure on top of carbonated beer when... should suck all the carbonation out of the right. beer. Because um, you're not really worried about oxidation, because you're going to drink this beer in a day or two anyway. 
sure, oxidation is bad, and then a day or two it will make the beer taste bad. Um, but you know, I think if you have a slightly oxidized beer with good carbonation, it's better than a flat beer. Well, it's like, you know, I've seen the things, and I actually had one way back. I don't know what happened to it, but for uh, soda or or pop bottles, Mm -hmm. um, it goes on, and you you can pump it full of air. Right. So it it maintains a pressurized situation in there. Mm -hmm. And, yes, that's oxygen in there, but you're also maintaining the pressure in the beer, so hopefully that will, or or the whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan of these. These are my uh, my go-to uh, resealers now, even like over them. putting homebrew caps, current caps on them. And they come in nifty colors. Yeah, green. John sent us these pretty pink, purple ones. But, but you know, we're not afraid of our effeminate side. So. I mean, the the thing that that bug, that bugs me about them is that they they kind of feel flighty. Like they feel because I've they're they're kind of fun to play with. Mm-hmm. But they also sort of feel like, hmm, this could break if I do this hundred times. Well, the gases kind of don't go evenly, so it looks like it's going to pop off. But when they're inside a bottle, I mean, I think the moral story is just don't close the thing when it's not inside a bottle. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't play with it. it it's a fun toy to play with, but don't. Yeah. Or buy one to play with and keep the rest yeah. in. And so Xylus is the company. If you Google Xylus, Z... It's hard to read. It's embossed on pink. Z-Y-L-I-S-S. Google it. Find them. Uh, good beer resealers. And, you know, probably excellent wine resealers because there's no pressure on wine either. Actually, for wine, you probably want to use the vinator to get the oxygen Yes. Out, so. Or still beers. If you want to reseal your utopias, use your uh, vinator. But th- these are good for champagne. Yes. All right. So we got the... Uh, Southern Tier, Oak Aged Ale, Cuvée Numero Uno. They don't give me any information besides this 11.1% alcohol by volume on the website, which kind of sucks. Given, like, nothing, like, not even Well, I mean, they give, me, they, they give me, you know, what impressions. Oh, same thing I already read. I fell yeah. into the marketing speak. But not information about what's in the beer or, or anything like that. The color is a darker copper. So maybe you were right about golden before, because this is darker, and it's definitely copper. It's not gold. And there's really no head to speak of, but it's we poured it five minutes ago. So. Yeah. We're getting chatty. I'm just trying to look up a date for when Cuvée was made, because I've had this beer. Well, it says October summer. release, but that doesn't necessarily mean when you got it. I think it's October of several years yeah. ago. I think I've had this beer for at least three years. We're doing a... I'm, Great. Well, I took a bunch of beers out of the cellar, put them in the fridge, and the last three shows we did the Flanders show, we did the kind of sour show. We're we're doing a spring cleaning. We're getting, you know, I got all these quote unquote great beers, and it's not doing anyone a favor saving them in the cellar forever. Yeah. So we're just we're, we're living life while we can and drinking these beers up. Absolutely. Cheers. L'chaim. Smells good. Smells uh, smells barley whiny. There's the big brown sugar aroma, and it's oaky. Little, how do I describe the oak? <laughs> when if you say barley whiny, I just think wait, wait. <laughs> I'm a barley whiner. <laughs> yeah, at the age that we have on this thing, it, it smells like a barley wine or an old ale. 
a little bit of that, that good kind of oxidation, but a big malt character, big brown sugar character. Yeah, it was smelling at the end almost a, a black pepper, uh, you know, with the with the alcohol. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's interesting. When we weren't talking about the beer, when we first poured it, I seriously smelled oak, but I don't smell oak anymore. So kind of, I got used to it or it evaporated off or something. Maybe a little bit. Maybe I'm gonna take a sip. I taste oak. That's good. Oh man, it's got a, a strong uh, oak and vanillin um, kind of flavor. So there's vanilla flavors. There's oak. There's a little bit of of um, white chocolate. There's. A kind of spice, kind of a nutmeg. Okay. Hmm. The malt factor is interesting. So, there's a guy here, I found a website where he's doing a vertical tasting of Cuvée 1, 2, and 3. And he said this one has uh, been in his cellar for over two years. And it's fairly oxidized. Um, so, yeah, mine's two years old like I suspected not too much oxidation no I'm not getting too much oxidation what what I'm getting my cellar's better than your cellar (laughs) neener neener what I'm getting is is kind of a um, uh, a a kind of raw dough kind of flavor in the in the malt Um, raw sort of like a raw cookie dough I I get a little bit I mean cookie dough is really sugary right Right, yeah so yeah I kind of get that it doesn't it's, it's, it's really it's light an, malt. It's an essence of cookie dough. It is not like cookie dough ice cream. Or right, right, right. You know, it's not that sweet. It's not that gritty and sugary. But there's a slight essence of that in there, for sure. Oh, that's good. And like I said, with the other, you know, the vanilla, the, the mm-hmm. oak, the, the white chocolate, there's a whole lot of sweetness in here. Well, I was just trying to describe the, the the malt profile, and it's it's a light malt profile with all the sweetness, even though it's kind of dark in color, which is interesting. But because I'm not getting like caramels, I did the vertical tasting. I better move on to the Cuvée Series Three before I lose the ability to type. Yeah, if if you were, to, <laughs> I guess he was drinking whole bottles because these are these are strong beers. This one is what eleven point two. I, I mean, I'm just saying the beers we drank so far. I, I just had that that kind of levit, levitation type feeling where I'm starting to like, yeah. oh, there, there's a milestone in my sobriety right there. I just hit, <laughs> just hit a mile a yard marker. Eleven point one. So they say here um, from the French oak. Qualities of toasted coconut, almond biscotti, toasted almonds, and a taste of honeysuckle. I'm not getting almonds, but I see the coconut. And I see the biscotti. I can't say anything for the honeysuckle. Because I really haven't... I, I, I don't even know what honeysuckle is. I mean, I It's don't... a flower. Um, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the maybe biscotti is better than cookie dough. 
in terms of mm-hmm. a description of, right. of the. I mean, Biscotti has a big, what Anna's character and an almond character. It, normally. it can, it yeah. can, but it, if you, but it, it's a, it's a pretty sweet bread, mm-hmm. and the reason why they put the anise and all and stuff in there is to mute some of the sweetness okay. and give it some spice. So, I think that that's where this, you know, I was comparing it to cookie dough biscotti. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's perfectly the same for that, and it's probably you know more refined than saying cookie dough. <laughs> It's probably a little more accurate because cookie dough is over the top sweet, and yeah, you, know, you get that gritty sugar flavor. I'm thinking like cookie dough from ice cream, and you know, yeah, just I mean, cookie dough. yes, yes, and no, because I think that while it can be over the top sweet, I think it's it's a it's a good benchmark for what people can expect out of here. I think mm-hmm. that I think that they will taste some flavors of that sure. in this. I do think the coconut is. A really good descriptor. I'm getting yeah. You there's look a for it, there's a lot of coconut flavor there. There's a lot of that. You know, if you if you've ever had like raw coconut water from uh, Young Coconut, which is I recommend highly. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, Even if you get the pre grated coconut, you still can get that flavor. It's not the same. Those Young Coconuts, the mm-hmm. the ones that are you know have the I've had of, I've had fresh coconut meat. Yeah, I get what you're saying. No, but I mean like the the you ever have those white coconuts? And you just they have all the it's it, it's it's a pretty thick it's kind of a viscous solution inside, uh, but you cut them open and you pour it out and it's just it's it's an amazing kind of flavor and um, really mouth filling flavor. Mm-hmm. But it, it there's a lot of that in here. Okay, awesome. No, I haven't had a white viscous coconut, so I, I definitely need to try it. I will get one for you. We should brew with them. They're, I mean, the, the interesting thing about them is is opening them because they're this thing. And do they um, come in the husk or just the nut? It's well, yeah, it comes in. It comes in the husk. It, it's just it's well, with it, it usually comes without the husk part. Mm-hmm. But then there's it, it's white, and what you do is yet you yet get to take a knife, hopefully a knife that you're you either you know is. Not your sharpest knife, but you know, a knife you don't care that much about. Mm. And you kind of put it in there. You take a hammer and you kind of slam. You you cut open the top because it's about eh, about a quarter of an inch thick. Mm-hmm. And there's the young coconut inside, which is a very thin layer. And then there's just lots of this viscous juice. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I've I mean, I've had the coconuts where the husk is green. And you chop the cut, you know, and you get the brown coconut inside, right? And you can use a punch or something to kind of poke where the eyes are and pour out the, the milk, right? No, this is different. Okay, I got to get you one because you'll you'll love it. I think. I, I sounds sounds like I would. Yes. You can find them now almost anywhere. Um, certainly, any Whole Foods or anything like that will okay. have it. I am so wishing I could call up someone at Southern Cheer right now and say, hey, let's talk about the Cuvée series. When was it made? <laughs> Are you still making it? Because I feel woefully deficient in my knowledge here. Two beers to go. This one's fun. Port Brewing Old Viscosity Ale. This is not your dad's 30 weight. Ale aged in oak barrels. Portbrewing.com. Brewed and bottled by Port Brewing Company, San Marcos, California. So, <clears throat> it's hopped with German Magnum hops, original gravity of 1.09, alcohol by volume of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that was the wrong one. 
Surge gravity of 1.092. Hopped with magnum. Uh, original alcohol volume of 10.5. Malted with two row wheat, domestic English, and English crystal, carafa three, and chocolate malts. Yeasted with White Labs California Ale and a proprietary yeast strain. Everyone always asks us, what kind of beer is Old Viscosity? We have to pause for a minute here, as there are restrictions about how we can and can't describe beer on our labels. Warning, this is marketing. It is. I was hoping it would go on the uh, positive side of beer scriptures, but it has not. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Something about a wool coat. Blah, blah, blah. Sludgy. Blah, blah, blah. Oozing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Old truck. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Revered like old school pieces of equipment. Blah, blah, blah. Cause people to say they don't like, they don't build them like they used, they don't build them like this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 period. Interesting thing is that um, this is a cuvee. This is blended. Sweet. It mixes an, uh, 80% of packaged beer produced from a stainless steel fermentation with uh, 20% of uh, the beer that's been aging in bourbon barrels. The West Veteran is probably blended as well. Cuvee show! Yeah! <laughs> we know what we're doing. Smells portery right off the bat, right? Portery, anisey, anisey. It's not really smoky, but it's this, it's this roast. It, it's it's this touch of chocolate, but don't go too far into my descriptor of chocolate. It's just a touch. Maybe a little bit of charcoaly, just not a bad charcoal. You know, good. yeah, it's kind of like the, the sear on some pork or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, you definitely get some, some carbon. You know, it's it's like the you got your pork roast, your your smoked pork shoulder, and you're peeling off some of the skin, which is a little overdone. It's a little bit of that flavor in the aroma. And I smell it again, and now it's just a lot more roasted malt. I'm not getting any more of those seared aromas. I'm getting just more hey. Portery aroma. It reminds me of your average American porter on the aroma. Let's go into some flavor. That's like, is it a robust porter? Is it an imperial stout? Nobody knows. It's it's a little bit of everything. I dare say that the the aroma was a little bit more enticing than the, than the flavor itself. There was. Um, a bit more well now it's evolving a little bit more on my tongue the the, the first taste i got was a little bit like eh, that's not really what i was smelling and it's when you get that difference mm-hmm. unless it's huge like it was in the very first beer um it felt more muted in the flavors but now it's coming along a little bit more but i'm try I, I need another sip to kind of to bring my uh my words in line with what I'm right. tasting. Uh, there's no um, credit on this beer. Um, Mike from San Diego, who provided the next beer, almost certainly provided this beer, but he's been putting stickers on his beers for a while because he knows we need the the sticker helper. Yeah. Um, so so it could be a Gary beer, but I did not buy this beer myself. <laughs> so they're in the flavor itself. 
Um, yeah, there, there's a strong uh, charcoal note. Note there's licorice notes. There's you know very you know very dark anise notes. Mm-hmm. Anise and licorice are essentially the same. Hmm. I'm getting more used to it, and what? what There's what a yeasty note. There's a yeasty kind of bread thing at the mm-hmm. bottom there. You taste that? Yeah, yeah. So from my first sip till now, the the roasty, chocolatey is not so much, and the licorice-ness is more, and some of the raisins and dark fruits. It right now, if I had to describe this in as short as possible, I would say it's it's. Imperial Anchor Porter, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and, I if, see that. and if you've had Anchor Porter, you know, it's that raisiny Porter and, but this is really big. And if someone knows what Anchor Porter tastes like, that's the shortest way I can describe what I'm tasting right now. I think that's a really good descriptor. Um, if you've had Anchor Porter yeah, right, right. and you know what it's like. <laughs> it's, it's a big benchmark you have to know about. But if you know Anchor Porter, like Greg and I know Anchor Porter, it's it's a good descriptor. But if you don't, let's try to go for those people. Mm-hmm. Big. So there's a little bit of oxidation on the flavor, which is kind of giving it that raisiny and and a little bit. Yeah, raisiny cherry cherry on the tongue. But then it just it just this big juicy mouthfeel and follow up on it. It's um, how to how to put some words <laughs> to that. It's a big like Maillard explosion. <laughs> the Maillard reaction is, is what causes the... When we were talking about the seared pork yeah. and stuff, even though I'm not tasting that anymore, I'm tasting all, you know, the biggest, richest imperial porter you can think of. Not Baltic porter, but American imperial porter. Um, you know, that's what I'm tasting right now. And why am I saying imperial porter and imperial stouts? Let me think about that. It has a... Well, let me explain Maillard once sure, again, sure, just okay. so, you know, in case people don't know. Maillard reaction is what happens when you basically sear stuff. It's, it's the caramelization and the other flavors that come onto meats when you sear them, uh, proteins, essentially. The same thing can happen to the stuff that's in grains, because there are proteins and other things in grains, and a lot of that quality is coming through here. There's also, like I mentioned to Jeff earlier, a, a, a really yeasty bread. Mm-hmm. Sort of a backbone of this beer. It's um, almost French reddish. It's kind of something really yeasty, and and uh, and I'm trying to get the hops here. It, it, it's bitter enough to to counter the sweetness very well. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to. So going back through, I went back to the aroma. I still get a lot of those. You know the 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 roasted meat, the seared meat type aromas, but in the flavor, I'm not tasting that. Like I said, what I'm tasting is this imperial anchor porter. Right? So anchor porter has this instead of being chocolatey and roasty, it, it's it's raisiny and you know a little bit of roast. I'm getting that, but this one has such a bigger, fuller flavor. It has the imperial stout character. Of an imperial stout with the porter flavors, mm-hmm. uh, it has this. Oh, how do I want to describe that? Now, it's so tough because it has this. It's more. It's more viscous. It's 
It's, it's, that, cold, it's cold old viscosity, duh. But no, it has this... Oh, It's not Dark Lord Viscous. No. But, I mean, I'm talking about Porter versus Imperial Porter, right? It has... What is that? It it's just more. It's more body. It's it, there's more. Um, oh, how can I put that to other kinds? I of... I think you already did. It's one word. It's more. It's increase in all it, the qualities it, it, of it, porter. It, it's sweeter. It certainly yeah. is sweeter. So that's something I haven't said yet. But it's not too sweet. It's not cloying. I just got a lot of it. coffee at the end of that last one. Um. <laughs> I just got a bunch of coffee. <coughs> coffee, K C O U G H. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. I mean, I I would say more. You know, take an imperial or take a porter. And just take all the qualities of the porter, and not necessarily double them, but maybe right. Mm, I, I was going to forty try, fifty percent. I was going to try to explain why. I'm so adamant on why this is an Imperial Porter, Imperial American Porter, and not an Imperial Stout. Because I feel that way. I feel that way, but I'm not sure I come up with words to explain why I feel that way. Okay, it's not creamy. Okay, yeah. It it doesn't have, um, it doesn't have some of the more sweeter qualities that you would include in a stout. It has some astringency that that lends itself to to a porter, so it, yeah. it keeps itself on the more astringent side. Yeah, it's, the not, it's not as roasty. Yeah, chocolatey and roasty. It's a and, little more hoppy, which keeps it on the American porter side, mm-hmm. um, with those you know German Magnum hops to give them. You know, it, it, it's a strong, it's a strong variety. It's not a it's super strong American. You know high alpha hop but it's it's a pretty strong uh hop and they use a lot of them i agree with everything greg had to say there but i think what it really boils down to is it reminds me so much of anchor porter right that's why i'm thinking porter and you know for some listeners who might not have you know know so what you know you know our no um categorization so well uh, porter versus stout. It's a blurry line, but you know when you drink a bunch of them, you kind of just you know it's like obscenity. You you don't you can't define it, but you know what it is when you see it, right? It, and the more of it, the better. I, the better I think it is, <laughs> right? So you drink a beer and you just get this feeling when you have you know you have the experience. You just get this feeling. This is portery, or this is stouty, and for this one, it screamed portery. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. This is. You know, if if you had to grade this on a scale, there's a hundred percent of me would say porter. I think it's 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 all porter. But well, we got one more beer, which is chilling in the fridge. Let me hit pause and go get it. And we're back. And we're back. This beer is a lot like the old beer. Or the last. This beer is a lot like the last beer, <laughs> but it's different. It's in a smaller bottle. Yes. It um, has a. Cajun cork on it, which has a Lost Abbey logo on the top, but it is a port brewing older viscosity from 2009. 12.5%. So this is uh, 100% straight, no chaser, barrel aged old viscosity. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the old viscosity label does not have a vintage on it. But the older does, and the older says 2009. 
This is a small bottle. It is Sarvaces. I must be under the label from Mike. Mike says you might want to hold wait on this one. They have been coming out flat and need time to carbonate. So I think two years is probably a good time. That's yeah. That that's a nice long time to wait. Three thousand miles. That's what automakers recommend on the distance you should travel before changing your oil. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Let's talk about the beer, man. Make no apologies for crappy marketing speak. Blah, blah, blah. I don't see anything. Uh, the best barrels from our cellars. And they blend them together to release older viscosity. We'll let you decide if you like this one better. All right. Let's decide. Thank you once again, Mike. Yep. Lost Abbey Cork. Of course, you know, the Wast Abbey and Port Brewing are basically one and the same. I think their ownership structure might be slightly different, but... Tommy Arthur is the brewer of both. Mm -hmm. So, very dark once again. Kind of basically black. Motor oil black. I mean, there's no highlights here. It's just black. It's got... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> you can look at the color all you want but you need to stick your nose in that right. glass why do you smell something but what I mean <laughs> my question is what kind of barrel because it is not fresh oak I'm thinking it's like sherry or I mean it's probably several different kinds of barrels but I'm smelling this is sherry or is it the what's the what's the apple brandy calvados calvados uh you know maybe some of that yeah there's it, it's stronger at 12.5 not much stronger than the viscosity but you know strong enough it's oh my god that smells so good yeah calvados is is a good example although calvados is a little bit sweeter but they probably use like several kinds yeah. of barrels, right? There's probably some there's probably some whiskey in there or some bourbon or some sort. And like you said, this is still a blend, it's just a blend of all the barrels. So this is probably an all cuvee show, though we don't know necessarily about the West Wetteran, but right. it's most likely a blend. Could be. I'm not sure if I go as far as most likely, but you know. For people that don't have time to do homework for the show anymore. <laughs> I, I tell you I have two kids, a three and one. <laughs> Keeps them busy. This is the 2009 edition. Oh, man, that, that aroma. It just says Asian oak barrels there at the front. So It reminds me, well, they, but they say on the back, you know, they have all the best barrels. And, and I think there's got to be some, some brandy in there. There's got to be, it reminds me a little bit of J.W. Lee's in the aroma, too. Uh, which one? I don't recall. Maybe the Calvados one, but <laughs> it's hard to tell. Because we had the Lagavulin in J.W. Lee's, but I can't... I don't have a clear recollection on exactly what that smelled like. Wow. Well. It doesn't taste... Or it doesn't smell particularly smoky, but let's see what the flavor has to say. That's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. The late, late aftertaste gives you a whole new show, too. Yeah. Oof. 
Ufa, let's describe this one. <laughs> Yikes. That's good. Happy birthday, Greg. Thank you very much. Roasted coconut in the front. And then it goes off the rails. Lots of oak. Then it then it turns to this like vanilla anise bitter chocolate uh, cream. Um <laughs> there's coffee flavors. You're a better man than I, because wow, there's there's man. a there's a lot going on, and there's so many acts to this play too. Like I said, you drink it, it starts out doing one thing, and it's kind of it's not it's not particularly nuanced or deep at the beginning. And you're like, oh, okay, and then it gets a little bit deeper. <laughs> gets a little bit deeper. It gets a lot deeper. And like in one instant I got like three different um well factions coming up at the same time. I was getting this huge coffee. I was getting this but I mean coffee is so generic, but because it came out of nowhere, it just kind of like wafted up my esophagus and right into my sinus. It's like boom, boom, boom. It's like fireworks show. Chocolate covered strawberry um, or cherry. Oh man! And and th- this is really viscous. I mean, this one actually feels you can definitely. It has a full mouthfeel. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not dark lord. It's not melted milkshake right. type thick. But no, it, it's a it's a full mouthfeel for a beer class beer. You know, in dark lord. It's not a beer class beer when it's has the sludge in it. Man, that's fantastic. Ooh, wow. (laughs) I'm not going to hurry it. I'm going to sip it. I'm going to finish this glass in the post-show. That is freaking fantastic. That's that's something special. that's That's a nice birthday beer. That's better than the Westy 12 we drank tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Westy 12 we had had issues. This is much better. Would this be the perfect Westy 12? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Westy 12 is a little more luscious, I think, when yeah. it's at its best. But this is good. Comes comes pretty damn close. <laughs> I would love to know. What also, th- keep this in mind. Like I said earlier, flight matters. And this is coming at the end of the flight. This is coming uh, right after we did a regular viscosity a regular old viscosity. So, so much calm. So I mean, I'm but getting, it, it just builds on what we had before. Is what I'm it saying. Does and so and so that's one of the reasons why it, it tastes so I good. I haven't had a sip in two minutes, and I'm still having barrels come in and out of my palate. Right. Yeah. Different flavors waft in and waft out. That's all just the olfaction coming up my esophagus into my sinus, and it just gives you more and more sipper beer. I mean, unbelievable sipper beer, right? Because you're sitting there, and it gives you something new, and you haven't tasted the beer in two minutes, three yeah. minutes. You know, it's like amazing. Yeah, I mean, this beer will guide you. These these are smaller. These are pretty small bottles, and 
I don't know. This is probably 330 milliliters is my guess. I, I can't necessarily tell because... 12.7 fluid ounces. I believe that's 330 milliliters, but I'm not sure. I don't have the calculator turned on in yeah. my head. Um, but it's it's perfectly carbonated. So the uh, the two years since 2009. Thank you, Mike, from San Diego. Once one again. Of our, one of our super listeners. Right. And, and this beer just... Oh. 12% alcohol by volume. Good thing it's a small bottle because uh, I hate to not finish it off tonight. Yeah. Because corking that thing, <laughs> it just wouldn't be the same. And, and, and yeah, it'd, it'd be just a shame. It would be. But, yeah, Jeff and I have had, like, maybe two sips of this beer to give you an idea. Two I've or three. more than two. But. I'm loving it up. But we're, we're we're not nearly done with it. No, we're not. I think it's time to get some ranking, and then we can go to the post show and just kind of, you know, talk about you know just what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to be too Stuff. graphic. I don't want to be too graphic about how we're uh, just kind of raving. Raving is a great word. Raving about the beer. Normally, Jeff wants to say something a little more sexual about the beers, but <laughs> I won't tonight. <laughs> Is this is this one making love to your mouth? <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it just spooged all over my mouth. You made me do it. Thanks. <laughs> Ranking's tough. I mean, how do you, this is kind of the one that shows like what characteristics do you put above other yeah. characteristics? No, right? they're, they're, this is a tough one to rank. I mean, I mean, because like none of them are an obvious last place, right? Well. No, I mean, even... Uh, so you're probably thinking about Southampton, right? Yes. Let's talk it out. Southampton, it, it it may be last place, but for me it's not obvious. It's not clearly last place because there's some cool stuff going on in there. Well, I just think it's obvious in relation to the other ones. Well, once I dug down a little bit deeper, it'll probably be my fifth place beer, but it wasn't obvious. You know, there was nothing that was mediocre or poor. No, they're, they're all, they were all great beers. Right, right. So I mean that makes so you kind of have to like spend some more cycles figuring out which one is the worst beer. And Southampton is not the not a horrible beer, but uh compared to the others, tough I mean, competition. Yeah, I mean it wasn't nearly as drinkable as my uh second to last place beer. So yeah, uh I'll go first. Uh, uh Southampton will be number 5. What I'm going to say is blasphemy. Blasphemy. Get the pun. I'm going to put this version of Westie, the oxidized version of Westie, number four. Okay. Best beer in the world. It was still pretty good, but we had some hell of a competition tonight. Uh, Number three, Old Viscosity. Number two, Cuvée, number one. And number one, Older Viscosity. Why? Because they were that good. Okay, give me a second to record this. For posterity? Yes. <laughs> Greg, our archivist. Okay. What's What strikes me as odd is that I thought I was going to be unique in my rankings and they mine and yours match exactly <laughs> um i stole greg's thunder <laughs> take that old man 
<laughs> Aren't you older? No, I'm no you're younger. Still. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I am like five months five months younger than you. Yeah. Oh. You'll get there soon enough. I will not matter in uh, December. Okay, so yeah, I mean the 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 Southampton just loses, just kind of because it, it it was not as great as the other ones, and the West Letter is number four because it was spoiled, mm-hmm. and it probably would be higher if it was fresh. I paid five bucks for raffle tickets. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, five bucks for for this West Letter, and you you would absolutely go for it. If you know, if someone said, "Here, West Letter," it's kind of iffy. But I could, I could have won a GWD's pint glass. So, <laughs> but I won the West E12 instead. That's that's called winning. Yes, <laughs> in the uh, yes, the especially considering how many pint glasses you already have. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, we were giving them away for a while. Yeah. Did, <laughs> did I tell you I had a uh, a pint glass Jonestown all happen on me? No. What, what do you so mean? I happen, you know, I let pint glasses go until I get a huge stack of them. Then I pull out the PBW and wash them, you know, properly. And I was I had like twenty pint glasses upstairs, and I started loading them into a laundry basket to bring them downstairs. And I had them on a little stool, and they jumped off the stool onto the ground, and I lost like fifteen pint glasses. Wow. Well, it's not a Jones Town because you didn't necessarily feed them Kool Aid. You just you, you really. <laughs> it was the lemur or the lemmings jumping off the cliff. Is what it was. Well, I mean, did did you push them? I mean, no, no, it was the lemmings. Yeah, they yeah. were doing the lemming thing. But yeah, so I cleared up my my or, uh, or what we like to call gravity. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I lost a bunch of pint glasses. Most of them were just shaker pints, so it wasn't too bad. I didn't lose anything that I really regretted. Uh, Stone tenth anniversary was probably the best glass I lost, but I you have so second. many pint glasses. So. Yeah, so third port brewing old viscosity was you know just a very 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 good porter imperial porter, and and the Kuvi number one was just awesome, I and mean, it was really mm-hmm. really good. It had good. so many different flavors and essences to it, but then this older viscosity comes along. It's like hey. <laughs> I am going to make it so there's nothing else that can be number one, period. And it, it did. Yeah, it did. Despite all the marketing speak on the back label. Yeah. Well, I mean, <sighs> I don't mind marketing speak on the label. It's just I don't want to yeah. give you guys marketing right, speak right. while you're listening. But there's like, okay, so other than all our best barrels um, in age for six months in used bourbon barrels. Eat, oh, so I need a little more. That's okay. At Port Brewing, we make Old Viscosity as one of our year-round beers. A portion of each batch of Old Viscosity aged for at least six months in used six months in used bourbon barrels. Each so that's year, where you got the Calvados and stuff from. Well, but bourbon isn't Calvados, right? Bourbon it's, is well, no, it's not quite. No. I mean, bourbon's so it's, not, it's not brandy; it's yeah. bourbon. So, um, where was I? Each year. We also select one of the best barrels from our cellars and blend them to get... What? Oh, we, we select some. <laughs> it's just a couple letters different. We select some of the best barrels from our cellars and blend them together to release our older viscosity. So I guess it's all bourbon? I mean, that's what the label suggests. Yeah. But with all the flavors going on there, it's not surprising that we yeah. smelled some apple and other stuff. Anyway, yeah, amazing. Thank you, Mike. 
Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio, episode 189. Just 189. 189. 189. Did I say and? I'm sorry. Yes. Scratch the end from your memory. <laughs> 189. 189. Oh, Niner. That's, that's such, it's such a Niner. stupid thing to bug me. You Niner. Know? Niner. I can't stand that it bugs me that much, but I hear it so much and it bugs the hell out of me. I normally try to take it out of my speech, but... It slips in. I understand. I totally Especially understand. after these awesome beers. I do it myself, too. And that's part of the reason why I don't like it. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. It was a great show. Uh, great beers. Here, I'm going to bug the hell out of you. See you. See yins all next time. Oh, my God. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse.